0: Hello and welcome to our podcast, Shut the Fuck Up, We Are Not Done Talking Yet, with Sharla Gabert and Danielle Warriman. I'm Sharla. And I'm Danielle. In our podcast,
1: we discuss current events, popular culture, writing, books, movies, and women's lives. We are smart, funny, and occasionally profane.
0: We hope you enjoy our podcast and thanks for listening.
1: Hello, and welcome everybody to Shut the Fuck Up. We are not done talking yet, and today we have a very special guest, Debbie Rosas, the founder of Nia Technique, something that I have been teaching for almost 17 years. Hi, Debbie.
2: Hello, thank you for having me. I love uh, the idea of speaking and listening.
1: Yeah, it's uh, very important for us to be heard uh, everybody, but especially women, because that hasn't always happened for the last several millennia.
0: Debbie, this is Sharla, and I'm so excited to talk to you because I've been a NIA student since I first encountered it at Rancho La Parta back in, I don't know when, 2001, maybe, and um, I was so delighted when I discovered it, and it turned out they had it at my gym, in Walnut Creek California so I was a student for many years and then that's how I met Danielle yeah. she's a great NIA teacher and she took a bunch of us on a trip to India yeah. ten years ago yeah. to do NIA so we've been friends ever
1: since and Charla has done the NIA white belt training with Helen Terry um, quite a while ago that's also 15 years ago I think something like that mm-hmm. So Debbie, we would love to ask you about the concept of the body's way and as it relates to us as women.
2: Uh, well, the body's way um, is a method and it's a philosophy and it comes from looking at the body as a design and a map. And when you look at the body as a design and a map, it's, it shows very clearly how we should be living in our body, being in relationship with our body, and moving our body. And when it comes to the human design of a body, whether it be male or female, we must consider not only the physical parts of ourselves, but the mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects as well. Now, the difference between the male body and the female body of course is a slight variation in the design and yet i think it's important to remember that we all come from that sperm and that egg and we all come from a source and that source differentiates itself into what we call male or female well in today's world we know that that A definition of male and female can take on many, many different uh, expressions. And that energetically, what we're talking about when we talk about women is we're talking about a feminine expression. So I really want to be inclusive of anyone who feels that their expression is one of the feminine. Now, the reality is that when it comes to health and well being, whether you're in a male body or a female body, the body is always expressing, and it is designed to be expressive of these two energies, yin and yang. Yin, a, an inward, more sustainable energy. Yang, an outward expression, not as uh, sustainable. So the body and the way I study it, and I've studied it um, deeply, it's my passion, I love looking at what's underneath. I love exploring the science of why we are designed the way we are and why we should be doing things in a unique way to stay healthy and well. Um, And I think it's easy for, for particularly um, in our time for uh, women as you said, to feel like they, they haven't been heard. I think that's one perception. And the other perception is, have, have you been speaking? And I think we, um, I think we have been speaking, uh, whether it's through art or through poetry or uh, through music or through science, I think we have been speaking. And it's just now, I believe, that not only do we wanna speak, but we want to be heard. So my question always is, what's the message that you want to be heard?
1: Yeah, and if I were to jump in and answer that, I would I would like to be heard that I'm an emotional being and my contributions to this earth count. Um, I have pain, I have sorrow, I have joy. Yeah, things like that. What about you, Sharla?
0: You know, I feel like, Doing Nia gave me a lot more insight into my feelings and in my emotions, and I became much more aware of, I would say, maybe anger, like really a lot of pent-up, buried anger, some of it related to being a woman and being raised in a culture where women are kind of silenced or de- you know devalued. I feel like that's one of the things that I want to talk about is a lot is anger and how it's okay to be angry. In fact, it's normal and healthy to be angry and so, then figure out what to do with that anger.
2: So, um, uh, my truth is that when I speak about the body, um, it's impossible for me to separate and say, Uh, That women are the emotional beings and that men are not the emotional beings a human body is an emotional being a Human body feels anger a human body feels pain now where that source comes from Can be from a very different place. It's very individual and it's very subjective and while um, women as a, a, a whole as a gender Can capitalize on the fact that there is a message that women have not been heard, that women have been abused, that women have not had the same opportunities. Those are messages um, and those are certainly experiences that many people have had. Um, When we look at anger itself, um, anger really is an expression of I'm not getting what I want, or things are happening in the world in a way that I don't like. Um, Any emotion that is repressed and not expressed can turn into an unhealthy expression. I think it's also important that we live in a time where we live in um, a, a biosphere or in a world where, as a body, we are affected by everything. And so while we may have our anger, the 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 cultural anger is something that we are also feeling as women, and men are feeling it the same. Um, and it may be that it, the emotion has to get to a certain point collectively before something is done. I know that for myself, it's taken great courage, and at times i felt very lonely to stand for myself and to stand out in front and express um, what I see is an injustice, not just only for women, but for men as as well. And I am living in a time where, whether it's Me Too or whatever it is, there is a collective consciousness that is awakening where women now feel safer and more comfortable to open their mouths. Where in the past, the thought of doing that might have gotten you burned at the stake. And uh, some women are still getting burned at the stake for for opening their mouth. Um, I think it's not a male or female issue. I think it is a human issue. I think it is a human behavior issue. And if we are ever to grow a better humanity, we have to not separate out um, what happens to men or what happens to women. But I think we have to look at the fact that we are spiritual beings having a human experience and we can do better. We can create better humans. We can make better choices and decisions for ourselves And for this generation and while I may feel angry at the fact that I was sexually abused by a teacher and a doctor all of which are true I also have made the choice in my life to realize that every experience I have had in my life has given me the opportunity to self-reflect and say what do I want to do with that with that anger, with those experiences, and how do I want to transform my body and life so that I can help transform the world uh, on a greater scale, which is very much about what my work is about. People may look at my work and think, oh, gee, it's about movement and fitness so that you can move better and feel better. But at the root of my work really is helping people to look at themselves and to know that there is a way to live a more meaningful and healthy life and it all begins by developing a relationship with your body and a sensory relationship feeling and you know charlotte just as you said i feel the anger i have a lot of anger recognizing acknowledging that and then some, somehow learning from that and and becoming a better and a more whole person That is what the body does with any information that it gets. And our body is an incredible resource of knowledge and wisdom, and it works for us 24-7, never a day off. It's always listening, and it's always responding. No matter what we put into it, no matter what kind of bad thought we may think, no matter how badly we treat our body, no matter whether we ignore the truth of an emotion, It is coded to survive and it is coded to help us, uh, thrive. And it's an amazing, miraculous miracle that it can survive and stay healthy with the insults that it has to experience on a daily basis. Some self-inflicted, some inflicted by watching the media, some inflicted by hearing a story from somebody else, but it's constant.
0: That's a really good point. The resourcefulness of the body and its ability to bounce back from things is, it is truly miraculous how you can wake up every morning and feel a certain energy and sort of the life force flowing through you and think, wow, I had such a shitty day yesterday. But eight hours of sleep has revived me, and it's a whole new day. And you know that your body had to go through a lot to get you back there to that sort of sense of equilibrium. Well,
2: not everybody gets that restful sleep after eight hours. And um, (laughs) That's 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 where the relationship with one's body is so important. And to remember that no one's... There are no two alike. There are no two bodies alike. There are no two life experiences alike. And um, you know, uh, uh, everything that w- that we do is a choice, and everything, every choice that we make can add or, in a way, uh, subtract from the health and the well-being and the vitality. And uh, but I want to get back to your. Um, to your desire to talk about uh, women. And while my philosophy is not to separate, mm-hmm. I believe that um, we do a great disservice to separate who we are as uh, women from men. Um, I've done a tremendous amount of research in talking to men as well, and I can tell you exactly the way you feel. They feel exactly um, the same way. They have been put in a position just like we have been put in a position. They have played a role, just like we have played a role. And now those roles are changing. The world is changing. Um, And that's due to the fact that we have technology and we can see and hear different philosophies and beliefs and attitudes, giving us many more choices. Um, And, you know, I think, the best thing that we can do, you know, when you say um, you want your voice to be heard, is to get clear on what that voice is. What is it? Do you really want to say as a woman? What do you believe to be true and real? And I mean, what do you believe? I'm not talking about jumping on somebody else's bandwagon and wanting to be part of the um, a collective group a belief or philosophy but to stand alone naked alone in your living room and say what do i believe as a woman what do i want to stand for and to somehow be able to discharge the anger the hate the blame the martyr the victim and come to a come to a, a story come to a message and through the medium of your heart share that not through the medium of anger and blame and shame that's not that's nothing that i can align with because i know that is not the body's way
1: do you believe that there sometimes needs to be an expression of anger to be able to then um, convert it con- express it out of love afterwards
2: i think that um anger is uh an emotion all ang- all emotions are good I think that what is unhealthy is when I believe that you have to take my anger. You have to be the recipient of my anger. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in that. I believe that my anger is, is mine to deal with, and I find it very dysfunctional. I find it as painful as when somebody decides they need to go shoot somebody because they hate them. When someone feels like their anger needs an audience, in order uh, for them to heal or feel better. That's not my philosophy.
0: You know, I really was thinking about how anger expresses itself in my body, you know, in the body, that there are certain physical symptoms, whether it's a tight chest, like low breathing, my head starts pounding. I have a lot of physical reactions that signal to me that I'm angry. And what I've experienced personally is that when I allow myself to feel all those physical feelings and not suppress them, and I think it's sort of a discharge, that's the word you mentioned earlier, where the, it's sort of the anger flows and it leaves you. And then it makes room for other feelings to come in, but if you don't discharge it, then you get blocked. Or at least that's the way I experience it. I feel like I'm blocked at the level of anger if I can't somehow discharge it.
2: Um, absolutely true, um, and I would say I would say, don't look at the anger. Look at your ability. To recognize what I call innocent truth or unbridled truth Um, to be in the place of recognizing what is true for you all the time is a way to express freely uh, what is inside of you um, your beliefs your attitudes your opinions your ideas your thoughts and Understand that what's most important to your health and well-being is not necessarily releasing anger Although if if your emotional being has built up um, Energy to that source, of course it has to be released but to find a way to sense the what I call the pull when I do um, My work dance pull is to really sense the pull of the truth of your body wanting you to pay attention to something now it can be a grab in your gut it can be gritting your teeth uh can be um you know clenching your fists but all of those body sensations are that there's something that you want to say and what does that mean it means that you care it means that there's something meaningful and important to you and first and foremost i think that's what's important to take time and that's why I've created a 30-second 30, well, 30 timeout is when you get these pulls and sensations to wait for 30 seconds because the message is for you it's not meant for you to blurt it out to the everybody around you but the message is for you and if you begin to cultivate that deep intimate relationship of truth with your own body you'll begin to see that then your communication and the way you share your voice can come from great power and great leadership. You will be heard much more when you come from that place of the heart than if you come from the place of anger.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, But we do, I sometimes, maybe not when I'm teaching my own NIA class, but when I'm receiving a NIA class as a student, I can go through a range of emotions and express it. I can shout no or you know something like that and it, it really helps me release. Um, and you're right about waiting 30 seconds, I really like that advice, um, to just be with that for a moment and then think the, what the message is telling me. Uh, well,
2: you're talking about two different things here. One, you're talking about what is the purpose in a neoclass, for example, of why do we engage the student to yell out, yes, no, right? Someone may not even know there's some bottled up energy that needs to come out, so it's healthy. And also that may be the only place that someone feels safe or free to use their voice. So there's a meaning and purpose behind why we engage the voice in a NEA class and encourage women and men, anyone in the classroom to use their voice. Um, that release can be very, 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 very healthy. And then beginning to get a sense of what do you want to say yes to and what do you want to say no to uh, in your life is also a very uh, healthy and courageous thing to do. Because when you say yes and no to things from the truth of your heart, that may mean that your life changes drastically and you may not find yourself walking down the same path and even with the same people ever again.
0: I know that I've had this that experience in Nia classes where I became aware of how happy I could be for example in a 1-hour class and that really inspired me to go out into the rest of my life and say hey Why am I not this happy the rest of the time? Not that everything has to be 100% perfect, but it still inspired me to go find other sources of joy that were like what I experienced when I was doing a NEA class.
1: And I've learned so much from you, Debbie, as an example, when we're together, you're doing a training and, or socially, and you, pick up your glass of wine or your martini and you say, this is delicious. I am tasting this right now. I love vodka or your gem salad uh, that you pick up piece by piece and enjoy it so much. So I really have learned that from you as you as a sentient woman, just like enjoying yourself um, every, you know, or the way you sit We when, when you cross your legs and then put your hands over your knee. I just, anyway, you've i that's something I admire from you. You're, Femininity and your selection of choosing what you love—really an inspiration.
2: You know, I think that when you talk about uh, uh, women feeling like they haven't been able to use their voice, um, the invoice, voice, the feminine voice, is silent, and it is so potent and it is so powerful. It is so penetrating, and I would say, for most of the women that I've worked with. It's frightening. When I work with them, too, I say, you want, you want your voice to be heard. You want your womanness to be seen. You want to stand at the table in your power, in your beauty, in your strength. Then you need to embrace and ingest and receive the totality of what that means. And that means connecting to the sensuous creature that you are. And I have found um, in my experience that even to get a woman to stand in front of the mirror and admit that what she sees is beautiful is extremely riveting. Or to admit that she has no idea what it means to please herself. She has no idea that, that everything that she wants from the outside, that love, that sensual connection to life, pleasure, comfort, security, that that is something that is within, uh, that's cultivated. When we can hear the voice of our own body, our own spirit, then we can share that voice. But until then, I believe there is a level of anger of why am I not being heard? Why am I not being seen? Well, basically, you're not hearing and you're not seeing your own gift of what it means to live life in the body of a woman which i say is an extraordinary body of work and it's a choice i made i love living in a woman's body i love what it means to be a sensual creature i've been blessed that i've been able to give birth to two beautiful girls that uh, my husband will never ever know that experience. I feel blessed that I can be that silent creature and that when I need to be loud, I can. Um, and I, am, I feel so blessed that my, my life, my purpose, my job has given me the opportunity to really explore the design of the body, fall in love with the body, and understand um, that it is not about force. Force does not work. It's about dynamic ease. It's about looking for the openings. And it's about creating more love and less hate. And I'm not saying the hate's not there, and I'm not saying you shouldn't get on the dance floor and scream your guts out, Um, but I am saying That making love the only choice—that is the way of the body.
1: And how long? So you—you founded Nia something like thirty-five years ago. How long in your exploration of the body did it take to come to some of these revelations?
2: The moment I took my shoes off in 1981 and I felt my body, I realized that I had been living disconnected from my body, and it was at that moment that I felt pleasure and I felt my, I felt my body as a, a source for truly my spirit and my soul to express itself. Um, and it was, it was instant. And I have lived a life where I've had the opportunity to say no to pain and yes to pleasure. Uh, on every level, from physical to mental, emotional, spiritual, I'm in my third marriage. I'm not saying it's easy. But I do know that um, I have learned that it's not about feeling victimized by life, it's about empowering myself to make choices and decisions that will lead me into becoming the, the person that I believe I'm meant to be in this lifetime.
1: I know that you recently wrote a book, and can you tell us what that's about? Is it a memoir, or is it another uh, aspect?
2: I've I've got lots of books going on, but I did. um, I I worked on a project since 1992, and it's called Awakening the New Feminine Spirit. It's called the Tap Project, Uh, the Awakening Project, and it was an extraordinary. pivotal point in my life in 1992 when I went to see a movie and it was called The Goddess Remembered. And it was written, uh, created by these Canadian female Canadian filmmakers. There are three films actually, The Goddess Remembered, The Burning Times, and Full Circle. Extraordinary bodies of work if you get an opportunity to, to watch them. And I remember uh, leaving the movie and thinking, how did I not hear about the goddess and the history of the goddess? And I talked about feeling angry. I felt angry and then I felt, well, for some reason, this important information must be very, very threatening. And so I decided to go out on my own and research Uh, What I understood the goddess to be and I realized I didn't have a clue what my goddess meant or what my relationship was with the feminine energy and I decided that I would go on a journey. So this book is a 13-month course and There are 13 books in the series that include workshops and meditations and exercises and it's really meant to help a woman go on her own journey. It is something that I think is a beautiful experience to do with one other woman. And uh, I can say that, uh, as I say, a woman's journey is an incredible body of work. I don't think the exploration is, is ever done. And I think that's part of the beauty is, what am I gonna discover today? How will I grow today? How will I use my, my feminine side and my masculine sides? And how will I express myself? And I choose to express myself in this lifetime, in this body as a feminine uh, spirit. And I do so, so that I can have a deeply meaningful and penetrating life meaning, I believe I'm doing the work that I'm meant
1: to do. I believe you're doing the work that you were meant to do too. Um. How do you keep yourself looking so young, very beautiful, Um, 68-year-old?
2: I think a lot of it is to understand that the time-space reality of aging is a fragment in the mind. The body is biological. It will age. It will change. Um, uh, It's impossible to hold on to anything. Change is the one constant. Therefore, all I can do is to continue to nourish this uh, resource, this beautiful body, and to water it and uh, feed it with good nutrients and good thoughts and, and keep it moving. And, uh, and to watch it uh, dissolve. <laughs> not AIDS, but it's going to dissolve. And I'm yeah. going to dissolve into something else. I am going to transform. And uh, so I watch that. I'm a participant of it. And um, that's how I do it.
0: Debbie, before we end, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about the neotechnique and how they can find out more about it?
2: Yeah, well, the neotechnique is a, a movement art, just like the, there's Tai Chi is a movement art. Nia is a movement art for body, mind, emotion, spirit. What's unique about it is also considers, um, as I said, all of the aspects of what it means to be a human being. That's why we say Nia is it's not only can be your workout. It's a personal growth um, process and also practice. Most of all, it's a lifestyle based on movement. We say through movement, we find health. And we mean that meaning not only movement of your thoughts, but your emotions, uh, your body, and your spirit. Um, people can access the NIA experience through classes. Find out more about that by going to NIAnow.com. And also people can access NIANow now on NIAtv.fit. We just completed a beautiful 14-day wellness program, which was Uh, dedicated to the art of self-healing, which I believe is really the key to conditioning your body in a way where you have sustainability. And uh, we have uh, over 2,000 teachers that teach the program worldwide. And uh, NEA teachers are very, very special people. Um, They walk the talk. They believe in pleasure and comfort and joy. Uh, they're role models, they're guides, they're mentors. Yes, they teach uh, the nea work on the dance floor. But more importantly, I think when you talk to a nea teacher, they'll tell you most of their teaching is done off the dance floor, and the way they, they live uh, and, and model these principles for the choices and
0: decisions they make on a daily basis as well. I think that's a really good description. I've always been so impressed and r- grateful to the NIA teachers I've had. They've yeah, you know, been Bell so
2: Yeah, the, the, the training program that we have, uh, which is a, a program, Fashion After the Martial Arts, really teaches the foundation of this work. And it's not only for people that want to be teachers, it's for everybody, as we say. It provides um, body and life education, and I always joke and say, I don't know about you, but I didn't come with a training manual. And uh, so this, uh, this practice and this, this knowledge provides people with methods and tools and skills to live a healthy and meaningful life in the body, regardless of age and regardless really of health or well-being. Uh, there's a way to do it when you have the right kind of tools.
1: And um, I'm grateful for it every single day. I am grateful for it every single day. I tried to leave, not to I, I moved uh to Asia, as you know, and I wasn't didn't have any classes for about four months and I about lost my mind. And this amazing in Shanghai, a, a, an Italian woman contacted me. And she said, I just took Nia in Beijing and I heard you're a teacher. Let's do this. And so she encouraged me to And my body was like sorely missing it. Um, You can have withdrawal from doing, not doing Nia, for sure. Well,
2: you know, the body knows uh, that movement, and particularly movement like Nia, that that combines, you know, nine different energy personalities and five different key sensations and the 13 joints and movement from fingertips to toes. The body knows that that is good medicine.
1: The body does know that.
2: And that it doesn't have to be hard. I think people are surprised when they come into a NIA class and they realize, you mean it doesn't have to hurt, it can feel good, absolutely. And then I tell people if you you know if you're at all curious, go go to nia dot fit, dance in your own home, dance for five minutes, and let your body tell you whether or not Nia is for you.
1: Yes, exactly. And I'll give you a little plug. Um, for those of you listening in the Bay Area, Debbie's coming to do her pole, her dance pole workshop in Lafayette, California on May 4th. And I'll put that in, the, um, in our program notes so people see it.
2: Awesome. Yeah. And you're going to love the program. You're going to walk away with these fun little cards. And it's an opportunity for you to listen to that sensation of your body pulling you towards things that you most love, desire, and need.
1: Very cool. All right. Thanks again for coming on our show, Debbie Rosas, founder of Mia Technique. Thanks. Goodbye. Thanks again, Debbie.
2: All right, guys. Thanks so much, Charlotte Danielle.
0: Thanks. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode.
1: You can get more information about it on facebook.com backslash Danielle podcast.